You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Thank you for being in Bible study tonight. You may be seated. Amen. We welcome everyone that's in person and everyone that's watching online, all of our guests. We're glad you're with us at Mission Point tonight. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Bible study. Just a couple quick announcements uh, to keep in mind. Um, This uh, Friday night, which is our normal prayer night, we've asked that people would just gather in in, uh, individual homes, friends that you may... um, uh, get together with this is cherished conference weekend so um there will be uh, a lot of women here at the church on friday and saturday so if you're not a woman then uh, you probably won't want to be here and um they'll have a great time this weekend but i would encourage um, individuals to get together for prayer and to be uh in in homes and and uh, make sure we continue um the same Uh, prayer that we've been having over the last uh, couple months. So please do that. Be faithful to the uh, house of the Lord on Sunday. And please take note, next Wednesday, 7.30, is our annual business meeting. Amen. So um, please take note of those things, brother and sister Shepherd. Good to see you here tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Amen. Good to have uh, them here. Amen. Uh, We're going into the Word of the Lord. We're going into Lesson 2 of our series on skilled leaders or skilled leadership. And uh, we started this uh, last week, and I'm not quite sure how long it'll go. But uh, we're just going to talk about uh, leadership in the sense of, and sometimes we think that's just people that's in position. But according to, uh, to biblical principle, it's every one of us that are in relationship with the Lord. So in the series, uh, it's letters uh, for skilled leaders, not just letters to leaders, but letters for leaders. And so it's, it's really timeless principles, even though these um, books that we're talking about were written roughly 2,000 years ago. They were inspired by, uh, by the Holy Ghost, and they're relevant to the generation that we're in right now. And um, so that biblical sense of leadership, uh, the meaning of that is anybody who is influencing someone else. And so if you're influencing someone else, you are leading. And so then it's important that we are skilled in how we are leading. And so that's kind of the basis for this series. First Corinthians, Paul writes in chapter four, verse 15, for though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, uh, be followers of me. And Paul is giving uh, that scripture to the church at Corinth. And the basis behind it is he's, he's leading. And uh, if you're leading in a proper fashion, then people can follow. But to be a good leader, we all must be first good followers. Uh, the four letters that we're talking about last week, we spoke about Philemon. Tonight we'll be going into the book of Titus. 
And these four letters are studying the series uh, uh, that Paul wrote to individuals, not just churches, but actual individuals that he uh, wrote to probably while he was in prison, close to the end of his ministry. And uh, they, are, they are personally addressed even by the titles of the names of the books, by Lehman, it's to a person. Tonight we're going to look, uh, uh, start into the book of Titus. It is addressed to an individual that he recognizes that's in a leadership role, and uh, not just to a church, but actually to an individual. And Paul had a, a history of mentoring people. And so in his ministry, he had a history of mentoring young ministers in the Lord and young people in the Lord and people who are new in following the Lord. And so you see through his transcripts, the letters that he, he wrote, uh, that uh, he gives us lots of good information on being skilled in influencing other people. I don't know about you, but I want to influence people the right way. The right way. Two of Paul's young protégés in ministry are Timothy and Titus, and each of them are a pastor. Uh, but they're from very different backgrounds. Uh, they minister in, in vastly different circumstances. Uh, uh, Timothy lives in the metropolitan Ephesus, uh, and Titus lives on an island of, uh, called Crete. And they are uh, far apart in the setting. It could be similar to maybe what we would think in urban or rural settings. Uh, um, but the, the teachings that Paul are giving uh, is giving to be a good influencer. Uh, that's actually universal no matter if we're living in a big city, if we're living in a small community, uh, we still want to be influencing people the right way. If you're a part of a big church, small church, a multicultural church, a, a, um, a young church, a, 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 a church that crosses all generations, uh, uh, lots of young people, uh, children, lots of elders, whatever the case is, you are going to influence people. And so it is important that I, you, Mission Point, uh, that we're influencing people in this city the right way. So that's kind of the basis of where we'll pick up tonight in Titus chapter 1, uh, verse 1, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness in hope of eternal life, which God hath, uh, or that cannot lie, promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord uh, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Um, multiple times, you'll see through the letters that Paul writes, and even Peter does the same thing. If you look at Romans 1 and 1, Paul and Peter in chapter uh, 1, verse 1 of Second Peter, uh, they start with servant before they mention that they're an apostle. Uh, the proper uh, way for us to become an influencer for the right reason is not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. We're all sinners saved by grace 
in the process of serving God to the best of our ability. Um, if we're not careful, we can uh, fall into a trap of, of maybe the length of time we've been in church or the length of time we've been serving God and, and um, maybe not intentionally, but somehow it creeps into our spirit that we have more uh, uh, influence based upon our longevity or our position. Paul and Peter, both of these great apostles, started out by saying they were first a servant. Isn't that what we all want to do, first of all? Just serve to the best of our ability. And so uh, the writing of this puts our relationship with God actually before our responsibilities uh, with God or even in the church. You, can, uh, you can't lead God's people if you and I are first not being led by God. And so our relationship with God is even greater than our responsibility. And so what, what Paul is saying, and Peter, they're saying, listen, we're a servant to the king. We're a servant of God before we're an apostle. The responsibility. So notice Paul's phrase here in these first four verses. He uses the phrase, the truth which is after um, uh, godliness. This is an important uh, concept in the book of Titus and and, and multiple other places uh, in the New Testament because according to God's truth, uh, we should desire to live godly lives. And that's the, the way the word is emphasized to us. And Paul emphasizes this constantly to both Timothy and to Titus. You'll see six times uh, in three chapters that he uses the phrase good works, uh, uh, that our outward life is a result of our inward life with God. If our relationship is right, then it will produce the outward in all aspects, in our conduct, in our speech, in our, uh, in our deeds, in our works. It'll all come. You don't have to worry about whether you'll have works for God if the inside of your relationship is right. It'll automatically produce. If I want to be a greater influencer through the deeds or actions of my life, then I want to make sure that the inside of my life, my relationship with God, is stronger than ever before. It's a danger to want to be a greater influencer uh, in our community, in our family, in our city, uh, if our relationship with God needs some work, uh, and we know that that's the case. We lead by example more than we realize. Um, God has manifested through his uh, word, through preaching, and Paul believes, of course, in the power and the preeminence of preaching. Uh, even though the world may mock it, we continually need to have the Word of God preached into our lives because what the Word does is it convicts me when I need a tune-up. Now, the word tune-up to me brings back bad memories. That's a word that my dad used when things were out of order. And... Um, 
he would say something like, I don't know if he's going to be watching tonight, but he would say something like, uh, maybe you need a little tune-up. <laughs> I didn't want to hear those words at all. Well, sometimes that happens to us even spiritually. And, and the only way for that to really get through to us the way it should is the Word of God has to be preached and our relationship with God has to be worked on on a continual basis. I never get to a place where I can just coast in my influence in life. It's always going to be that I'm going to need the preaching of the Word. And he's given this... He's giving this um, uh, information to Titus and says, listen, uh, there's, there's a, a truth which is after godliness. It comes from the hearing, the preaching, the, the obedience to the word of God. It will produce an example in your life that will be proper. Paul writes to the Corinthian church in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians and verse 21 for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. To the world, it seems silly. But the person who wants their relationship with God to become deeper, it's the answer. It is exactly what you and I need. Amen. So the letter that we're... Uh, De uh, going deep in tonight, it says it's addressed to Titus, and he uses this phrase, mine own son after the common faith. You see that in verse 4. Uh, this verse shows uh, a very deep affection Paul has for Titus, this young pastor, and he uses the term common to describe uh, the truth. The, the, the church uh, uh, needs to understand, get to a place where this is not just uh, uh, something that's once in a while or it's something that happens on special occasions or, or you get into the Word of God when you're in trouble or, or you just read it when you have, when you have time or, or when someone's reminded you, you know what, you should, you should uh, get yourself into the Word. No, uh, he's talking to Titus and said, this should be common. God um, at times has to convict my heart to not get on the phone and not get on to emails and not get on to talking to other people before I talk to him. Do you know how life is that very quickly your day can get scattered if God's not at the forefront of it? You may have great intentions, but before you know it, it's noontime, and, and then before you know it, it's supper time, and you're ready for bed, and, and you're trying to force yourself to get a chapter in, and you're following. You ever, is it, does, does it happen to you that you, you've never been sleepier than when you're reading the Word? Seriously. Had it happened, got to go back three, four times at times to read the same verse. But that's, that's the way our flesh is. And so it's, it's, it's important. He says to, to Titus, listen, this should become, uh, this should become a common, common faith, uh, uh, that a common part of your truth. That, and Jude, he wrote to the, 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 to the, to the same idea when he, when he's speaking about it. He said, uh, the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. He's giving it as a 
common faith. This is something that should become as natural as anything else in our life. What, what does this have to do? It has to do with us being skilled leaders, skilled influencers. If I'm going to be a skilled leader of people, then the truth, the word of God, the reading, the studying of his word has to become a commonplace that that is automatic. Automatic. Titus 1 and 5, he says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Paul had left Titus on the island of Crete, and he uses this phrase to set in order. Set in order the local assemblies. And, and then he goes on to say to ordain elders or what we know even in our terms of presbyters in every city. They have been, this had been Paul's policy as he traveled from place to place, but he had not stayed in Crete long enough to accomplish that task. And so he, he uses uh, uh, Titus to do this, and he uses the phrase in our, in our English language, set in order. The, the words that it's coming from is a medical term applied to the setting of a crooked or a broken, a broken limb. He's going to put it back, get it in place the way it should be. And um, he states to Titus, Titus, I want you to be an influencer. What's he saying? Don't preach it to the church in Crete. If you're not doing it, don't try to force someone else to follow what I'm telling you. If you're not being an example, set in order, get it fixed, get it uh, straight, get the, the limb, the brokenness of, of the, the people in Creek, get that straight. And Titus is to, is to be putting apostolic leaders and influencers in place so that the church does not depart from doctrine and lifestyle. Because, listen, if we start to stray from our apostolic doctrine and apostolic lifestyle, we will lose our apostolic principle and apostolic practice. And the end result of that is no apostolic power. And as we get further and further into the society that we're living in and the closer and closer to the coming of the Lord, it's going to become more evident. The separation is going to become more noticeable of individuals that have an apostolic relationship with God when it comes to influencing. I don't know about you, but I want the church, I want the church to come to the forefront every individual in the church to come to the forefront of influencing people in their city, in their family, in their locations. And that has to be that we have set in order apostolic doctrine, lifestyle, principles, practices, which give us apostolic power. The only way that you and I can accomplish that is through his word. It was word. So if I, you, are going to be skilled leaders of influence, the word must 
must be a common part of our life on a, on a regular basis. Um, he says all that before he talks about some things that we shouldn't do or have or things we need to improve. And you can see that from verses uh, 6 to 9, and we're going to go through this. But you can't fix verses 6 to 9 in your life if you don't have verses 1 to 5. Trying to be blameless and trying to have all these other things that he's talking about fixed in our life. You can't do that without the word. Without the word. It's just impossible. Um, you know, I, I'm, uh, you could have someone say, I'm going to make every effort to uh, be faithful and I'm going to make every effort to be blameless and a good steward and, and not self-willed. And, and this is all those things that we're going to read about. You and I will fail miserably without a common daily relationship in the word. Okay. Verse 6. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able to, or able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. So the qualifications, you'll notice here that he's given Titus to be a skilled leader. He's talking here about the qualifications for an elder or what we see in our language as a presbyter, and it's listed in these verses. These are very similar to what's used for a bishop in 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, and those that are used for a deacon in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And these are, uh, these are spiritual positions of leadership uh, in the first century, and not just merely religious positions. These are um, that we would see in a denomination today. These are practices that they put in, in uh, that were needed to be a proper influence. So we use, you know, we use phrases like presbyter or bishop or deacon, and, and those are used in denominations today, but they all have the same effect. If you're going to be the best possible influencer, these are the things that we need to aim for. And the only way to aim for these things things to be a skilled leader is to make sure that the word is what it's built on. The fact that these standards for leadership applied to Christians on the Isle of Crete as well as those in the city of Ephesus shows that God's desire for leadership is not determined by location. It's determined by his word. And so his word is the, 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 the guideline for us. And so just quickly through it, he says, blameless. And that Greek term means nothing to take hold upon. That is, that there would be nothing that Satan would use or an unsaved person could use to criticize how you live for God. That doesn't mean that we're sinless. None of us are. But that we must strive to be blameless. Or the, the, the way of looking at it is above reproach. 
not allowing there to be an opportunity if possible for the enemy or someone who doesn't know God to use something in your life to say, ah, look at that. <laughs> Living above reproach. He said, says the husband of one wife. This is not referring to polygamy. They didn't practice polygamy in the New Testament. It goes deeper than that. It's a, a higher standard that it indicates, um, if you want to use a phrase today, a one-woman man. That's all you need is one. Okay? And in the sense that, uh, that a person would have a history or a tendency of maybe being uh, flirtatious or, or um, looking on the other side of the fence, that doesn't lead to being a good influencer. Okay? Uh, people are... People are quite wise when it comes to those types of things. They can pick up on it. And especially, uh, usually the spouse of the person that's doing it picks up on it first. That, that won't allow you to be a good influencer if you got your eyes on more than one woman. It's always interesting when you stop. He says, having faithful children. Uh, the children in a leader's home must uh, not only the desire to see them saved, but also for them to be examples to the church. Now he's talking about it in the sense of them under your control. After they leave your control, you have no control. <laughs> Only thing you can do is to the best of your ability influence uh, them as you would anyone else living outside. But he uses the idea, uh, uh, and he uses the word riot. That means wild living or being unruly, unable to be ruled. And so what he's saying is uh, uh, it really hurts or disqualifies uh, your influence of reaching out to other people if you can't uh, already control your own family. Okay, so here's the idea behind that. If I stand behind the pulpit and preach something and my six or seven-year-old child or ten-year-old child is doing the opposite, it kind of loses its influence uh, with other people. And that's, that's what Paul's saying to, to Titus. You, you want to make sure if you're going to be a good influencer... Uh, first, be a good influencer at home. Establish uh, uh, the family in the faith. And, and, and that will actually, those principles will show forth to others that that's important to you, so then it becomes important to other people. Paul's telling Titus that the most important qualica qualification for any church uh, leader or influencer is to first start that at home. Okay, so if I'm standing up here saying that everyone should pray and my wife knows that I don't pray, it's going to lose the effect. Okay, and that's what Paul's, Paul's saying to Titus. Listen, uh, whatever you're going to do with influencing people's lives and being the skilled influencers or leaders, let that first start at home. And so, blameless the husband of one wife, 
having faithful children. And then he says, the steward of God. A steward is a, a, a manager of, of God's possessions. Uh, and, and, uh, and the most important characteristic of a steward is to be found faithful in executing those duties. Everything that we have, folks, is on loan from God. Everything. Whether that's your time or your talent or your treasure, doesn't matter what you fit in. We're, it's all on loan from God to us. And so we're to be found faithful and to honor God if we're going to be the proper influencer. Not, not just uh, uh, in one location, but on a continual basis, our time, talent, and treasure. He says not self-willed. A leader must not, uh, and this means self-pleasing, always pushing to have one's own way. It, that, that very quickly loses respect with people when it comes to leadership. We are influencing and leading, not dictating. That's not our goal. Our goal is to lead. And if we're leading, uh, that means, you know what, sometimes... Uh, uh, we're wrong. Sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we need to get ourselves out of the way and let God work. And it's, uh, doesn't, it does not matter who we are. It does not matter who we are. We are only flesh and blood like everybody else. Okay, so, um, and so Paul's just saying not self-willed. Get, get it out. Uh, out of the way of being self-pleasing uh, and uh, push that to the side because that ain't going to help any of us be a good influencer. He said not soon to, uh, not soon angry. A leader must uh, uh, try, try the absolute best not to have a quick temper. Listen, there's a righteous anger that arises because of sin, but um, uh, much of our anger when it comes out is unrighteous and it's usually directed towards people. And so when you're talking about anger, anger is not necessarily a sin. It's uncontrolled anger. And we have to guard our lives uh, from that because one moment of that can leave an influence for a long time. Long time. Not given to wine. The Greek term here means, uh, it comes from two words. Uh, para, which means near, and um, onus, which means wine. And you can study this out, but there's two kinds of wine that are referred to in the Bible. A non-fermented wine recommended to Timothy for his stomach ailment. And then a fermented wine that the Bible speaks of as being a mocker. And that's, there's a vast difference between uh, using something for medicine and then something being used uh, as a mocker. And so he says when he's, when he's talking about not giving to wine, he's, he's talking to the sense of you don't even want to be near it. You don't even want to allow that to be part of your life because that'll cause you to become a negative influencer. Negative influencer. No striker. Leaders must, uh, or uh, uh, as we are influencing, must not be contentious or looking for a fight. You ever come across people that seem to be just looking for a fight? Um, that's not just talking about physically, but even verbally. Uh, people sometimes 
uh, attack others, and usually that's a sign or a mark of immaturity. And that will, that will disqualify your influence on others when it comes to being a skilled leader. Listen, if someone, if someone needs uh, or, or is quick to answer, the Bible, the Bible speaks very clearly about that. A soft answer turneth away wrath. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. And um, uh, making sure that uh, being contentious. And sometimes that's caused by things that are happening in our lives. And we need to step back and say, God, there's a lot of stuff happening in my life right now. I need you to help me. Help me to be able to control my emotions. Not given to filthy lucre. Uh, it is possible uh, that um, uh, when it comes to influencing our financial business and our financial schemes and things that happen in our lives financially can erode our character when it comes to influencing others. If you don't pay a bill, you're going to have a negative influence on the person you owe it to. And that's not the desire that you should have. So not given to filthy lucre. It's not just uh, a desire to have money for ourselves, but the integrity of making sure we take care of others that um, we may have financial responsibilities too. And then he goes into some things that he wants us to be, a lover of hospitality. And that Greek uh, term literally means loving the stranger. In the first century uh, church, they were, uh, they, there was a necessity for traveling believers and, and people who were preachers to have a place to stay even. And so he's telling them to be fond of fellowship. And regardless of the personality and regardless of, of, of uh, uh, even the knowledge of the person, he's saying here uh, that he, uh, they, in that first century, they reached out. There was a need for that. Well, uh, today, the responsibility or maybe the necessity of that is a little different but there should be uh, a love that comes from us a desire to be compassionate there should be something that radiates from us as a positive influencer that you like people it's going to be difficult for you to be a skilled influencer if you don't like people You, there, there's something that comes from uh, that. And it's important. It's important. Um, here's, here's what happens. We can become very skeptical. I'm not telling you to be unwise. Okay? I'm not telling you to be unwise and not to be careful and all of that. But if, if we're not careful, we can become skeptical because of one person that did you wrong and there's a lot of people that maybe didn't and they're just in need. And a little bit of love and compassion and time and effort and a little say and a little prayer might be all that it takes in some cases. So he says, be a lover, a lover of hospitality. A lover of good men. That Greek term literally means fond of good. A promoter of virtue this is just this is not just about good people
people, but also about good activities as well. And if we're going to be skilled in our leadership, uh, uh, there's, there's something that, um, uh, about who you associate with and, and, and how you speak and how you talk of situations and circumstances. Uh, uh, this, is, this is what uh, Paul writes to the Corinthian church in, in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, be not deceived with evil communications. Corrupt good manners. Evil communication is about companions. Corrupt good manners is about habits. We, we must be a lover of good men, looking for the best in people and not the worst. If I'm going to be a skilled leader, I can't always be pointing out everything that's wrong. It's not difficult to do that. It kind of comes natural. We have to work on the opposite to be a good skilled influencer you have to try to find the good a lover of good men it says to be sober that greek word can be translated as discreet sober-minded where we have a, a a serious attitude and that doesn't mean that you can't have fun that just means that we're we're careful not to cheapen the, the responsibility we have as a Christian and cheapen the responsibility we have uh, with the gospel message that has changed our lives. That doesn't mean you can't laugh and it doesn't mean you can't be, be uh, a lot of fun. It, does, that's, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that there is a responsibility that every one of us have not to be sacrilegious. There's a lot of that today. To take the seriousness of the responsibility that has been placed into us with the gospel. Christians can still have fun. Doesn't hurt to laugh and smile and be a Christian. I mean, I, I don't have a sense of humor, but I still like having fun. I got this staff. They love to have fun. They make fun of me. They show, I think they're called memes. They show me these things and they know I'm not going to get it. And they do that just to be able to laugh at me not getting it. Is that true, Sister Robertson? I'm glad she's in the second row tonight. So true. We can have fun, but we can still be serious in the sense of our responsibility as an influencer. Right. He says to be just. The Greek word uh, here uh, can be translated righteous or upright. And leaders must be people of integrity that keep their word and they conduct themselves in a godly way and they, they practice what they preach. Their life our lives, everyone's life, uh, 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 should actually match what we're saying. What's inward should be what comes outward. And if something is messed up outward, there's probably something messed up inward. Out of the abundance of our heart, 
the mouth speaketh. And then he says holy, that root meaning of holy in the Bible is, is usually separate or set apart or different. And uh, it's, if you looked at it in this, this setting, it's, it, it could be maybe best translated as unstained. Um, holiness is not just inward, but outward as well. It's, it's something, especially for us uh, and yourself, if you're going to be a positive influence, you want to be set apart and uh, be different from the world. You can't influence people in the world if you're the same as the world. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's no separation. And then the la- uh, he goes on to say tempered. Uh, tempered, that the Greek word means self-controlled or disciplined or masterful. And it applies both to our inward appetites and our outward actions where the mind and body is under control of the spirit. Uh, uh, all times. We don't take off times from being a Christian. You're a Christian while you're away. You're a Christian on, on vacation. You're a Christian uh, on, on, a, on a, a job trip. You're a Christian at the office. You're a Christian that it's in, in, in the grocery line. We're, we're to be Christians, uh, that word temperate, Self-controlled no matter where we're at. And uh, I've had times where I've had to go back to apologize because maybe something just irked or went the wrong way. Or, and no, that, that doesn't give it a, some type of a, an allowance not to be Christian. It doesn't. And then lastly, he says, holding fast the faithful word. Uh, because God's word, how we started the first five verses, uh, is a faithful. And the leader, each of us, uh, uh, as we're taught and we're preached that word, uh, then there should be something that happens inside of our, our lives. Listen, uh, failure to, to take that truth or listen to that word, uh, that, will, that will cause our life to be a mess. It I mean, it will affect us morally, it will affect us mentally, it will affect us in our business practice, uh, it, I mean, it will it'll mess you up. Paul uses the term sound doctrine, because apart from truth, there can be no spiritual health, and sound doctrine builds up an individual which builds up a church which allows a church to be a positive influencer. That's all based on truth. It's not based on how great a person you are. It's not based on any of those things. It's based on what God has done for you and your relationship with him and how that works through your life. You become an influencer to every person you come in contact with. Paul's concern is the character and the conduct of each person that was going to be an influencer on the island of Crete. And uh, he's, he's telling Titus to identify um, good disciples who will make good disciples, and that's skilled leadership. That's what we're after in 2023. I want to be a positive influencer that people who are following my life won't be led astray. That's the whole idea 
I'm coming quickly to a close here. Uh, verse 10, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. And, and Paul's telling Titus, he said, listen, the unruly, which are, are rebellious people, uh, Titus, you're going to have to deal with them. They're, he, he uses the phrase vain talkers. They, their talk doesn't match their walk. And those are always, there are always going to be some of that. That's just the way it was in the New Testament, and that's just the way it is in 2023. Um, and um, there's going to be, um, sadly, things that happen in people's lives that's going to subvert and overturn and overthrow, and some people's faith is going to falter. Um, and and, um, and Titus is being told by Paul, listen, you 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 gotta do your best to work that out of the system. That's not a loving, skilled leader or a loving, skilled influencer. A loving, skilled influencer puts the eternal destiny before any personal comfort, before any preferences. It's not my preference that matters. It's the influence of someone's relationship with God that matters. It may disrupt my schedule. It may take of your time. It may actually be a challenge at times. But the end result, and he's telling, he's telling uh, Titus, listen, what really needs to happen, you just... Try not to focus on the small percentage. Get the majority of people being skilled influencers and allow that to outweigh any influence of others. Listen, it's no different in being a pastor. A pastor could focus on two or three disgruntled people or he can focus on the congregation who wants to be positive in their influence. Okay, you can't, you can't, it's not that you're not trying to help everybody, but there's a majority of people who want to serve God and love God and do the best they can at affecting others for God. <laughs> I was talking to a Elder McNair one time, and uh, our elders were, had so much wisdom and so I, I don't even know why I asked him this. I just said, I said, Brother McNair, if you had it to do all over again, what would you do different? Oh, Brother Carter, I would go somewhere and stay. I said, oh, why do you say that, Brother McNair? He said, well, I always moved because of four or five people. Only to find out where I went, there was four or five people. So the focus can't be on the small percentage. We're, we're trying to do this to the glory of God. We're trying to do it together. We're trying to be the best influencers possible. One of themselves, even a prophet, verse 12, of their own said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. The witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. This quote that's in Titus 1 and 12, is from a, a Cretan philosopher named uh, Epimenides, and he was held in high honor of the Cretans so that 
they could not readily ignore or deny the verdict that was being spoken here. And yet the description of this first century Creek church or Creek congregation was, uh, uh, was just really very similar to the 21st century culture. In the Greek language, Paul says, Cretion, which became a byword for dishonesty to Crete, was to lie. He said the phrase, he uses evil beasts. That literally means dangerous animals. And the interesting thing is that on the island of Crete, there was no dangerous animals. Paul's talking about people. Listen, there's going to be situations where uh, the inhabitants of the island are going to be a threat. That's the fact. And he said they're going to talk about all kinds of things. Um, but at the end of the day, he uses this phrase that's by this uh, philosopher of, of the Cretans. And, and he says, listen, the, the apostolic church, the Titus, you can, you can outdo that. God's, his word, his power will overcome all of that. Get your focus on off, off all of those things, Titus. And get your focus on the word. I'm running out of time tonight. Um, but he ends this, just give me one or two more minutes if you would. This is what he says in the last part of this chapter, the last two verses. Under the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving uh, is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Being abominable, disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. And a lot of times that phrase, uh, unto the pure, all things are pure, is one of the verses that's usually taken out of context, usually by carnal people. Um, but that, that gives them a license to do what they would desire. And, and, and Paul's telling Titus, he says, listen, this is actually the action of false teachers. And they profess to know God, but their works deny that they know him. That's why you hear the phrase, by your fruit. That's how people will know. They will know about how you are with God by your influence. God works in the outward life as, in, as an indicator of our character on the inward life. Listen, it may be for a short period of time that people can be fooled. But it doesn't take long for the true colors to come through in yours and my influence. He very quickly says that uh, the other side is abominable. These are false teachers that behave in ways that are disgusting to God. He doesn't. He does not like it at all. It actually uh, is the similar word as in the Old Testament. It makes God sick. Makes him sick. Disobedient. They cannot and will not be persuaded because their minds have been made up uh, that they will not consider the truth of God's word anymore. There's always going to be a tendency maybe of some that you're just not going to be able to get through. Listen, I don't want to ever get to that place. My goodness. And then he uses the word reprobate. That's a frightening word that literally means not able to pass the test or we disqualify ourselves. It's used in the, in the terms of an athletic contest where we, uh, you'll see another verse in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, uh, the word that's used that's comparable is a castaway. Um, I, I want my life, the last thing, I want is it to make God sick and not to be able to get anything through my head 
and to be on the outside looking in. With everything you and I know about our walk with God, everything should be, I want to be a skilled influencer for the kingdom. Would you stand tonight? Because that's, that's at the end of the day what we're all trying to do. Just be a skilled influencer. You can read and go home and go through that list again. There's the negative side of the list, and there's the positive side of the list. God, help me to be a lover of hospitality, and help me be a lover of good men. And let, let those things radiate through our lives, that when we come in contact with individuals, it's a positive influence because we have become skilled leaders. God, I thank you for this, in, this incredible congregation, this great church. Thank you, Lord, for the power and the authority of your word. God, I thank you, Lord, for working in my life, working in my spirit, the things, God, that you have spoken through me tonight, God, to this church. God, I pray you continue to lead us and to guide us. And, and God, let all the things that are not of you, let that be taken out of our lives. And God, let our heart be, Lord, that we would be the greatest influence that we could ever be in 2023, that nothing, God, would stop us from doing the best that we can for you we would not allow ourselves to get caught up in this world, but rather caught up in your word to a level, God, where we've never been before. The power of your word working through our lives. Help us, God, to be skilled influencers for the kingdom. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us online tonight for Bible study. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.